if you would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in there for just a little bit before we go on to some other places. All right, Luke chapter 2. I wanted to talk about to you today about peace. It's that time to talk about peace and Advent, but I um, really wanted to talk to you about peace today because, um, boy, the song that the, the girls just sang is so very too, true. We are given by God peace, and we know the Scriptures. You guys know the Scriptures that we have, are supposed to have, even in the midst of trouble, we're supposed to have a peace that what? transcends our understanding, right, is bigger than our, even our ability to comprehend. In other words, I can have so much trouble in my life, but my peace is so much greater that it boggles my mind. I can't even imagine, I can't even fathom how much greater God's peace is than all of my trouble and all of my circumstances, right? Amazing stuff. However, we in this society are, well, exactly like the girls saying, we are restless people, aren't we? How many of you, at the end of the day, you go home and you sit in your chair, and if you sit down for more than about a minute and a half, you can't help but go to sleep, right? I mean, we're just exhausted all the time. We're just restless and running. Uh, we've got music or television or something on all the time. There's all this bombardment of noise and sight and activity and work, and we are completely restless, so much so that, that uh, we don't often experience a lot of God's peace. Uh, but it's his gift to us. It's something that we're supposed to enjoy. It's something that he has given to us. And the, the scripture is replete with, with times what he says and talks about peace for us, right? As a matter of fact, about, what, 365 times I've heard in the scriptures. Is that right? Once for every day, he says peace. He says uh, don't be afraid or peace. All right. Um, would you, um, in Luke chapter 2, we're going to read here just a little bit. Um, from Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse 8. This is about the shepherds who were told about Jesus' birth. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, we're going to read verses 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. There's one of the 365 times. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. All right. Uh, all right. We're going to talk about peace today. We're going to talk about our great need for it too. Uh, so anyway, here, here's where I'd like to start is our word in English for peace and our understanding of peace is really, really lame compared to what the, the Bible says about peace. When we think about peace, we think about peace in terms of an absence of conflict, right? If there's peace in the, your home, that means that you and the old lady are getting along, right? If there's peace in the Middle East, it means that the, uh, that the Syrians and the Israelites are getting along, right? That they've stopped, you know, there's been a, a truce or there's been a ceasefire where they've stopped warring against each other. That's not the picture of peace in the Bible. Um, in fact, um, one of my, here's my favorite quote on peace. Are you ready? I didn't give Jason this. I was just going to read this to you. Romans chapter 16, verse 20 says this, the God of peace, okay, now think about what that conjures up for you in, in your Western mind. The God of peace, and what he says next is, will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 
Isn't that great? Uh, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Uh, right? The, the, the word peace in, in, uh, in Old Testament and New Testament, in, in the New Old Testament, of course, it is what? Shalom, right? It's shalom. And it speaks more than just about an absence of conflict. The word peace actually means a restoration or a well-being. It is a much bigger and greater word than just an absence of conflict. It's a well-being of a person or, or people. It's restoration. It speaks of the recon- It's used in terms of reconciliation about how God has reconciled brought reconciliation between God and man, and it also talks about salvation in the fullest sense. So in in this regard, you know, in in Christianity, it's a little bit difficult. This is something that Tim and I have talked about a little bit, Uh, Tim Thiessen and I have talked about a little bit, but it's hard to talk about Christianity sometimes. It's hard to understand some of the concepts because we have been declared and made holy in Jesus Christ, right? But our sanctification continues, Right? And so while, we're, while we've been declared holy, we've not been fully made holy yet. Well, just as surely as the, shepherds, as the angels declared to the shepherds that God would bring peace to mankind, he began bringing peace at the time of Jesus Christ's birth, but the peace isn't fully wrought yet. It's not fully born yet. It's not, fully, it's not come, come to complete fruition yet. But peace has come through Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and we haven't known it fully. We've only known a part. We've only known a taste of it. One day we'll know peace to the extent about how the Bible uh, uh, talks about heaven where the lion and the lamb uh, rest together, where they live in harmony together, where there's no more suffering and no more pain and no more tears. That will be the culmination and ultimate peace. But we have through Jesus Christ already achieved some of God's peace. God has achieved some of his peace. Amen. And uh, here we go. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So, yes, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Why does God have to crush Satan under our feet? Why is, that, why is he even called the God of peace when he's doing some crushing of Satan? Because to be peace, there has to be a, dis, a, 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 a putting down of God's enemy. There has to be a, a putting down of the one who is referred to in Revelation as the accuser of the brethren, uh, the accuser of believers. He would be put down ultimately, and God would crush him. And once that enemy is gone, and once God has completely done away with sin, there will be peace. Amen? Amen? All right. Okay. So, yes, the God of peace, also the God of crushing. That's great. Uh, all right. So, anyway, um, but there's some things. Here's the problem is that, is that through Jesus Christ, we receive God's peace, or we have available God's peace, and he gives it to us like a gift, right? We receive it like a gift, but so many times there's so many distractions, or there are things that are going on in our lives, or the things that are going on in the world around us that we're not receiving God's peace. We're not really walking in it. We're not really receiving it. We're not really understanding or comprehending it. And if I might say, of all the things that God may bring, peace may be the thing that Western society misses out on the most. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, let's talk a little bit about peace. I want to talk to you today about some things that are keeping us or hindering us from experiencing God's peace. Um, and, and again, I, I, you need to understand, I'm not just talking about absence of conflict or tranquility. I'm talking about a well-being, a, a, a place where you can be and you can be uh, uh, remembering and understanding that God has brought reconciliation to you and the, the distance that, that was there between you and God, has the gap has been made by the cross of Jesus Christ and you are now, you have been reconciled to God and he no longer holds your sin against him and you can ponder and you can be thankful for those thoughts all the time, all the time resting in the peace that came with Jesus Christ. But you're not going to experience that, and you're not experiencing that, maybe because of some of the things that we're going to talk about today that I want to make you mindful of. The first thing is striving. 
Um, a lot of times in our lives, uh, we feel like we have to do things to become acceptable to God, right? I, I feel like I've got to do and achieve these things. And, and there's a stark difference between Christianity and religion. Religion says you need to give to the poor, uh, you need to consider the weak, uh, you need to attend church, you need to do all of those things, and God will accept you. Well, that's religion. Christianity says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say clean yourself up. He says you can never be clean on your own. You can never do enough. You can never be enough. You can never achieve enough. You have to accept what I'm giving you through my son, Jesus Christ. That's how it has to happen. But you and I still get in the mindset sometimes that we've got to somehow be acceptable to God. Let me uh, tell you a phrase I've stolen, ripped right from Matt Chandler. He says this, God is not in love with some future version of you. He's not waiting for David 2.0 to come out until he says, oh, finally, I like this guy, right? He loves us and accepts us as we are, sinful as we are. This is the great news of the gospel is that we don't have to clean ourselves up to be acceptable to God. As we were and as we are, he loves us and accepts us, amen? In uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, let me, let me put this to you in a different way because you've heard this all too many times. God made a demonstration of his love. He made a demonstration about how much his love was for us and even his acceptance of us, all right? And here's the demonstration. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before you had done anything good, before you did anything to make yourself, to try to make yourself more pleasing, before you cleaned up your act at all, that is when Jesus Christ died for you. That is when God loved you. And he was not waiting for you to be better before he would like you. He loved you so much and he demonstrated it by while you were still a sinner, while you were still walking in in ignorance away from God, while you were still walking and not giving glory to him as he deserved, that's when Jesus Christ died for you. Amen? And he accepted you as you were. Now, it's not to say that he's like really pumped and excited about your sin. He is not. He dealt with that through the cross. Uh, But we have this mindset or we have this idea that we've got to strive to be loved by God, and it's not true. All we have to do is to believe in Jesus Christ, and we're loved by him already. Amen? Amen. Okay. So that's the first thing, and the thing that's most important for us as believers to get out of our minds. You don't have to strive to be loved or accepted by God. He loved you already. Amen? He loved you already, and he accepted you as you are. And, of course, he loves us too much to leave us as we are, uh, but he demonstrated his love for us that we, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The second thing is this. This is a terrible time of year for envy, isn't it? This is the time of year that, that we, you know, people are making their Christmas list for you and, you know, they ask, what do you want for Christmas? And then you start thinking, what, about all the stuff your friends have, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yes, yes, that's right, isn't it, James? Yeah, we start thinking about all the things that our friends have. Uh, well, you know, I've got, you know, some buddies that have all these cool kind of technical gadgets, these kind of little electronics. And, you know, men, right, we're excited. Anything that's shiny and comes with lights, uh, we're, uh, it, you know, that, anything like that is good. <laughs> Right? Anything shiny, lights up, we, we, you know, bring it. That's what we'd like for Christmas. 
Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a difficult time for envy, and it's a difficult time for us to be content, like, like what Janae was talking about. It's a hard time of the year for us to be content because this is the time of year we begin to really start thinking about the things we want, right? And often the things we want are, what, really material, <laughs> right? Just to be real honest. Reveals a little something about us, doesn't it? We're a little shallow bit of uh, individuals, aren't we? But, um, but um, uh, this is a time of year that's difficult. Proverbs 14.30 says something really terrible about envy. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy, what? Rots the bones. Oh, that's so terrible. Isn't that just terrible? The envy rots the bones. Envy has a decaying effect on your body. Envy has a decaying effect on you, but a heart of peace gives life to the body. Um, but here's the deal. As we reflect and spend time with Jesus Christ, we begin to see things as they really are. If I have all of Christ, what does anything else matter? Are you with me? It really, if I've received Jesus Christ and he's not only saved my soul from future in hell, but he's also come to bring peace and, 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 and his presence in my life, and I've known, I know him for whom all of creation exists, for whom all of the glory and, and all of the majesty uh, in the world should be shown. If I know him and he's made himself known to me, what else do I need? If you spend time thinking about all the stuff you want and you're not spending any time reflecting on what you already have through Jesus Christ, you're going to wind up being restless and not experiencing God's peace. Thank you. In Philippians chapter 4, this is the, the, the verse, again, that uh, Janae was quoting. I know, this is Paul writing, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Listen, this is where this verse comes from. I can do all this through him who gives me strength, right? How does Paul say he can do it? How do, is it that Paul can live in absolute abject poverty at some times? You know, there were some times that Paul was, you know, he was lost at sea and he was left hungry. He was left in prison and not well taken care of, obviously, in some of those places, in some of those dungeons that he spent some time. Uh, and uh, other times he was under house arrest. It wasn't too, too terribly bad, we understand. But how is it that Paul learned to be content? Through the strength of Christ, right? Through God who, who gives me strength. Through knowing and being united in Christ, he had the strength that it required to be content in all of those circumstances. Listen, if you're spending all of your time wondering and worrying about the things that you don't have and, and thinking and envying and coveting all the things that your friends have or people that you know have, and you're not spending time, on the other hand, remembering and balancing out your life by remembering all that you have in Jesus Christ and relying on his strength, you're going to be discontented. You're not going to be happy with what you have. The secret is to spend time with Jesus Christ and allow his strength and remember what you have in him. Amen? And then you can be content with whatever you have. Jesus talked to some of this, a soldier once, and he said, be content with your wages. How many of us are content with our wages? Be content with what you have. All right. The next thing we've talked about, uh, we've talked about striving can get in our way from experiencing God's peace. We've talked, about, um, we've talked about envy can keep us from experiencing God's peace. The next thing that is a huge problem for us is worry. Now listen, who of us has things to worry about? Every one of us, right? 
Every one of us have things in our life to be worried about. Every one of us, you know, I talked to Clay and Brendan and I talked. I don't know a single person that doesn't have some sort of chronic health issue. You know, if there's a really healthy person, I apparently don't know them. You know, all of us have some chronic illness. You know, I have what Brenda has. We all have things that we're apparently, unless God intervenes, we're going to suffer with until the day that we die. It's almost like we live in a fallen world, isn't it? It's almost like our bodies weren't created for this. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe we were created for some other place. I don't know. Call me crazy. But, uh, but we all have things to worry about. And it's not just worry about physical health. This is the time of the year, right, that people go into horrific credit card debt buying things for people that they can't afford to buy. Yeah? Uh, and, and we go crazy about this stuff, right? We go crazy because, you know, we don't want someone else to go out there or think that we're, we're cheapskates and didn't get them something, and so we start charging up on our credit cards in the madness that has become our materialistic Christmas in this society. Oh, have I said enough yet? Uh, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox and, and go back to Christ here for a little bit. But, but let me tell you, we... We have trouble in this life. We live in a fallen world. We live with fallen bodies and fallen minds. We live in a place around other people with fallen minds. And they do sometimes some horrific things. Uh, there is horrific crimes, horrific things that go on around us. And uh, uh, some of you in this room have experienced some, some of those horrific things. You've experienced uh, 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 some of those things or you know about them from a loved one. And uh, that's a terrible thing. Uh, and the only thing I can tell you is this, is that one day God's going to have enough of all of that. He's going to put all of that away, and it's all just going to be a distant memory. Amen? Sorry. In John chapter 16, Jesus was speaking, and he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. <clears throat> Forgive me. Even in the midst of trouble, you and I can have peace. And we can rest in the fact that God's sovereignty and his loving protection is over us. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to gain control over my voice and tell you something real quick. Um, Clay and I were talking a little bit yesterday, and we were marveling at the fact that God, through this incredible plan, throughout all of human history, has been bringing about his plan. And what's his plan? To bring salvation to mankind through Jesus Christ. Amen? To bring glory to him uh, through all of creation by reconciling all of the world, not just people, but all of the universe back to himself through the, the death and resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ. And it's more than we can talk about. But, you know, you turn the Old Testament and, and, you, and you read the story of Abraham offering Isaac and you say, that's a foreshadowing. That's God making something happen in the world in foreshadowing and telling what he's going to do a few hundred years later. And then you turn a little bit later and, and you read about Moses and he says, I'm going to bring a leader who's going to be like Moses and he's going to see like he's seen God face to face. I'm going to bring that kind of a leader. And then you turn and you read about the rise of the nation of Israel and King David and, and, uh, and, and so many of the Psalms talk about this great king who would be in the line of King David who would be actually genetically related to him and have the kingdom uh, and, and, and rule over a kingdom like David did, but in an even greater measure because his kingdom will never end. 
And then the rise and the fall of prophets and, and people who would speak and talk about this coming Jesus Christ. And then lo and behold, it happens just as God has told through his prophets and through you know, beautiful illustrations like the tabernacle and the temple and the sacrificial system all telling and telling people for hundreds of years, I'm bringing something, I'm doing something, he's coming, the Messiah, the one that I've been telling you, he's coming, he's coming, my salvation, it's all coming. And then lo and behold, happens. And you and I can look back even without looking in the scriptures and know historically that Jesus Christ walked the face of this earth just like he said and fulfilled hundreds of prophecies that God had made in carrying out his plan. Okay, right? So through the rise and the fall of nations and the rise and the fall of rulers and the rise and the fall of prophets and foreshadowing through the sacrificial system, God has brought all of this into being in, through the, 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 the life of Jesus Christ, carrying out his plan exactly like he said he would. Amen? Okay. Now, why, why am I talking about this in regards to worry? If God can somehow sovereignly work his plan out in the rise and fall of nations and peoples and prophets and rulers, then he has control over my life. If he can control the rise and the falls of nations, uh, my little problem, my little disease, my, my little lack of finances, please, it, it, this is cake, right? This is easy stuff. You know, this is something, this is, you know, God doesn't even put his feet down off his desk to do this stuff, right? I mean, this is all easy. This is not difficult. These are not difficult things. But, you know, we look at all the things that, that God has done and we worry? Really? We worry? What sense does that make? But there are times in our lives when we're not focused on what he's done. We're not focused on what he's done in our lives. We're not remembering what he's done that we sometimes doubt his power or he doubt his love for us. Uh, and uh, why should we? Yeah. Focus. Remember uh, these things. Think on these things. This is, it's incredible stuff, what, he, uh, what he's done to show his love and his concern for us. Um, I tell you, if you're taking notes, we're going to skip this next passage, but, but, but look it up. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 9, if you're taking notes. Just jot that down and look that up later, but we're going to skip it in, uh, in, uh, for time's sake. The, the, the last thing is this. So in... In regards to striving, we can miss out on God's peace. In regards to envy, what other people have, we can miss out on his peace. In regards to worry about what's going to happen with our lives, about finances, about health issues, about loved ones, about all of those things, we can worry uh, and, and we can miss out on God's peace. But the last thing is so, so apt for us this season, and that is busyness, right? Oh, man, I was talking to my parents last night, and they, Lord bless them, they've got six grandchildren and they yesterday went to four, I think, different children's activities, you know, with different things. Well, I'm guessing they didn't do anything else yesterday, you know. Uh, this is a busy time of year with kids stuff and, and with shopping and preparing for Christmas and all of that stuff. And this, all of this busyness can keep us or, or can make us miss what the Lord is doing around us. But if you would turn, if you've got your Bible with you, with you would you turn to Isaiah chapter 9? We're just going to read verses 6 and 7 of Isaiah chapter 9. You know this. We should be able to quote it together. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6, to se- 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, 
there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from, the, from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let me talk to you. Let me share just a couple of things about this uh, really quickly. The first thing is, is that even in the Old Testament prophecies, we got to talk about this in Sunday school this morning, even in the Old Testament prophecies about the coming Messiah, you see this this uh, play out where God is, is forecasting, foreshadowing, predicting through his prophets that Jesus, the Messiah, would be fully God and fully man. Now, somehow nobody got that. No one in the New Testament understood it. But, but he, was, he was preparing people. He was telling them, I'm going to prepare my Messiah. I'm going to bring him about, and he will be fully God and fully man. Look with me in, in the first of uh, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. This Messiah would be would be born a child. He would be born a man, and he would be given to us. He would be fully, fully man. And then in the second part of the verse, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, right? He would be not only man, but he would also be divine. Even in the Old Testament, they were foreshadowing Jesus Christ coming as fully God and fully man. Okay, um, the first two names about Jesus here, wonderful counselor and mighty God, talk about um, God's, Jesus' divine wisdom and power. The term wonderful even, even hints at a, a sense of, a, of deity, that he would be the one that we would wonder at, that we would be in awe of him, uh, and he, he, that he fills us with wonder at what he's done and who he is. Um, and the, current, the term counselor uh, makes us think of God's divine wisdom about how he can somehow be knowledgeable about everything that's going on in the universe. You know, he, he names the stars and, and he takes notice of when even a sparrow falls to the earth. He knows the number of the hairs on my head, which is rapidly decreasing. Um, he even knows those numbers and somehow can keep up with how few I'm having more and more, uh, less and less. Um, but he, he is wonderful counselor speaking of his wisdom and, and, his, and the mighty God speaks about him being incredible in might and power and strength. And the last two words, the last two, uh, the last two um, titles that they give to him, everlasting father, talks about his loving and fatherly care for his people. And of course, prince of peace being he is the one who is the Prince of Peace. He's the one that brings peace. I was talking to Clay about this yesterday, and we were talking about this. We think of terms of prince about royalty, right? We see the royal family over there. If one of them's getting married, I don't know who that is. But anyway, um, they, they're getting married and all this stuff. We think of that about it in terms of royalty. But the term prince is actually one who rules, right? And so he's the one who would bring a ruling and, a, and an authority, and he would be bringing peace like, like more terms about what, the way we think of kings. He would bring, in his rule, he would bring, a, he would bring peace into our lives as, as the prince of peace. And here we go at the very end. You and I get peace by dwelling and being in the presence of the prince of peace. Amen? If you're missing that this season, if you're in all of the busyness of the season, if you're missing spending time with him, you're going to be missing out on his peace, and you're going to be restless going through this time, and you're just going to be ready on December 25th. You're going to say, I'm just glad it's over. Well, listen, Christmas is not meant to be that way, amen? One, you know, I really hope for us this year that we would take Advent seriously, that we are preparing our hearts to celebrate the first coming of Jesus Christ, and remembering, okay, I'm going to jump up and down here in a little bit, but he's coming again. Right. Amen. All the prophecies, they ain't been all used up yet. There's some more, right? And he's coming again. There, and as surely as he came the first time, we have knowledge, we know that he's coming 
Again, make time with the Prince of Peace this month. Don't miss out on his peace. Don't miss out on him. And don't let the busyness of, the key, of this season keep you from the reason that we celebrate the real gifts of Christmas. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we just talked just a little bit about your plan this morning, about how you desired to bring peace and reconciliation and redemption to mankind through the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we celebrate that this month, this season, really all of our lives, we, we celebrate it, but especially we want to focus on it now. We thank you for the peace that you brought. We thank you, Lord God, that you've done away with the, with the enmity and the hatred that was between us and you because we didn't glorify you as God. We didn't look to you and we tread on your authority over our lives. But Lord, even while we were still sinners, you sent your son to die for us. You demonstrated your love for us. You demonstrated your acceptance of us uh, by sending your son uh, to be crucified and, and to die on our behalf. And Lord God, we're so grateful for that. We're so grateful to be loved and accepted by you, Lord God, even when we didn't deserve it, but by the work of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're just so very grateful, so very thankful. Lord God, I pray for everyone gathered here today, Lord God, that we would know your peace this year. I pray, Lord God, that, the, that we would rest and remember and, and stop the, the striving and the envying and the worrying and remember that you came, that we might experience and know and receive the gift of your peace that you came and you brought through Jesus Christ. Lord God, help us. Let us spend time. Let us make time to spend time with the Prince of Peace, Lord, every day. That may, we may just remember and reflect and remember all that we have in you. That we've, we've received the greatest gift uh, in your Son, Jesus Christ, already. We ask this in Jesus' great name. Be glorified in us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here. Y'all have a great week.